Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there, Cheryl here. I am so excited for this conversation with Ursula Yabris. Ursula, Global Head of Enterprise Executive Programs at Facebook. Thank you so much for joining today. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Thank you, Cheryl. It's my pleasure and honor that you invited me as your guest speaker. Yeah, and before we get into a lot of the amazing initiatives that you are working on at Facebook and the impact that you've had there, and also, honestly, the mountains that you've climbed as a woman in in tech, I want to know where you started. In other words, we want to know that you just didn't start on top of this mountain, that you are, in fact, human, and that... We want to know, were there any stories? Like, what is your story? What inspired you? Were there any twists and turns in the road? And if so, you know, how did you get beyond that? Can you share with us a little bit about how you were inspired? Of course. I mean, so many. Where do I begin, I would say? So just for context, uh, I was born in Lima, Peru, and I moved to Canada when I was 17. And that was a very dramatic change in my life, which I embraced. Uh, I went to a country where I thought I spoke the language to realize that not really, (laughs) there's so much more to learn. And I think that ability to adapt really uh, helped me in terms of, wow, if I can move to a new country and complete high school and university, um, I think I can do a lot of things. So that was a really hard yet inspirational moment in my life. Um, and I started my career in tech thanks to my sister, actually. I know she is probably watching this, but she started in technology. And uh, at the time I was in university and I was waitressing like many university students do. And I joined her at a tech company as a marketing assistant. And the rest is history. I did a lot of different roles in my 20s in marketing, in sales, and in analytics until um, a company called Salesforce came to the time were opening their office in Canada. And I applied originally to become a sales engineer, you know, the folks that kind of bring the technical demonstrations to customers or prospects. And they said, you know, we have this customer success role that I think you'd be perfect for. I'm like, sign me up. And that was the beginning of customer success. I remember speaking with customers that um, I was supporting and they were more curious about my role than they were about learning about the technology. So that was a great, inspiring and challenging experience because we were breaking new ground. The concept of software as a service was unknown or feared and we had to build trust and and also help customers gain success and ROI through that experience. And the idea of a practice around customer success, which was more than just account management, was new also. So we had to create playbooks and measure its success and find career progressions. So that uh, it's a practice that I've been for the last 20 years until a year ago where I started a new uh, role at Facebook, and that's more focused around driving inspiration with executives. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, inspiration might, you know, it's not a number earnings projection, not something as concrete as we're used to talking about. So 
Can you talk a little about your passion, the importance of that, especially when it comes to insights for our customers? Absolutely. One of my passions really is to connect people together because in bringing people together, many things can happen. And that is oftentimes uh, new ideas, uh, the awareness that I did not know you also had that problem and how did you solve it? So the, the bringing people together solves a lot of issues, I think. The other thing is um, why inspiration? What I find is many of many executives are probably facing similar challenges, yet they are they have great responsibilities to know the solution to all these challenges. And and oftentimes they get caught up in the execution and forget to step back and find and redefine their mission and purpose. Having worked at Facebook is one of the few companies where its mission and purpose, it's always reminded to every single employee because it is an intrinsic part of the culture. And that is inspiration, but there's a lot of design behind that. And so when we talk to executives, we look at how are you designing inspiration in a way? How are you designing the experience that you create for your employees, but also for yourself? And oftentimes we find in the leadership that we work with being authentic and vulnerable and and being open. It's it's so important, especially now that we're going through COVID mm -hmm. because it allows for dialogue to happen. That is true. It, it brings the what is working well, but it also brings the safety um, around to be able to talk about mistakes and challenges. And I, I find that is where many executives really want to spend time is to learn from those things so they don't commit the same things. So at, at Facebook, there's a lot of inspiration. There's a lot of people thinking and doing things that are innovative because they are, um, mixing things or working with people that you normally would not see them together, right? Mm -hmm. And I think part of bringing a little bit of vulnerability and, and new ideas helps our customers and our prospects do the same and, and, and create the space for failure, right? And be okay with experimentation and be okay with, hey, in, in the process of experimenting, look at what we did, you know, proven and try to try that as well. So it gives them a little bit of confidence to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important that you bring that up for a couple reasons. It seems like it's, it's a, there's a safe space at Facebook for people to bring things up because they may fly, they may not, but there's a safe space for them to bring that up because what a shame it would be if there wasn't. And, um, and then also, I love that so much because in the, you know, when we talk about, you know, an equitable um, and inclusive workplace, you know, we were talking before we went live on some of these innovative ideas they are coming from the mail room to the boardroom. Yeah. The innovative ideas are not just going to be coming. I can say from the old 50 year olds because I am a 50 year old, but they're not just going to be coming from the old 50 year olds they are going to be coming from, you know, the 20 somethings, 30 somethings, the 40 somethings. And, yeah. 
and also what I wanted to bring up that you were so spot on is like going into 2021, sometimes the old rules worked. In other words, following the systems, following the plan, following the hierarchical order of things. But that's not going to work anymore going into 2021. And it's these leaders, just like you're talking about what you're executing at Facebook and what we're rolling out. Honestly, it's the same uh, similar programs that we're rolling out at a lot of companies when companies and leaders can step back and be vulnerable and teach their teams and allow their teams to have a safe space to be vulnerable. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. So important. Absolutely. And now I have another question for you. Uh, of course, I have to ask you about mindset. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being the high performance mindset coach, um, you know, for women in technology, you know, usually most people that have achieved or everyone that I've talked to that's achieved a certain level of success, um, it hasn't been smooth sailing from A to B. So mm -hmm. there have been twists and turns in the road. Do you have an example? And also, if you were to coach your younger self, mm -hmm. what mindset would you say is really vital if you want to have your most impact for a woman in technology or women in business? That's a great two great questions. So let me ask the answer the first question. And I have many, many <laughs> lessons learned in my career. And I, I put down three. Um, one, one which is very well known, and that is a mistake to not advocate for yourself. Oftentimes, we are so focused in doing a great job and delivering results that we forget to find advocates and advocate and advocate for ourselves. We believe that our work is going to speak speak um, for itself, which oftentimes it should. But we do need to also uh, build what I call the board of directors is build a network of value around the, the work, the work that we do. And this serves two purposes. It serves to validate that you are indeed providing value to, to the customers, but also to the internal stakeholders that are going to help give you feedback. Uh, and it gives you an opportunity to share how you and your team is, are adding value anytime um, you're not building those relationships of that board of directors where you can advocate for yourself and for your team. It's a missed opportunity. So I've learned that the hard way. Um, another example is, and I'll tell you a story about this. We talked a little bit about not preparing for meetings. Um, I was a VP of customer success for a company uh, that, would, that I would say was like a mid startup journey. And they, um, Every Monday we would have our executive meetings. And on that first meeting, I came in, literally had just started on Saturday, came in on Monday and just ready to kind of learn. But I wasn't as prepared about our numbers as I should have been. Um, and I felt, well, you know, I'll get a buy this time and somebody else can continue the way they've been doing it. And I was put on the spot. And one of the things I noticed was that the numbers and customer success did not match the numbers with the CFO. And believe me when I say that never happened again, I became a data forensics expert. <laughs> and your job role now. I'm it sorry. is. And 
it was incredible because in doing the forensics of the data and following the data paths, I was able to also inform a huge data set that was missing from the CFO's visibility. And it, it, it helped us get closer together in partnership. And from that moment on, I would meet with the CFO or the controller or his team and make sure that our information was aligned to theirs and that we were all singing from the same songbook. So on Mondays, it wasn't just me presenting. Anyone in the exec team could present the, uh, you know, the renewal numbers, the churn numbers, the success criteria as well. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a great mistake that I made, but also a great lesson learned that became something that I always do when I start. And something I've done before, but in that, you know, sometimes even though you have great practices, there's moments where you have a, you know, a break that you make that mistake that day, even though you haven't done them. In, in, but it's a great reminder that moments that matter, um, you should always be prepared, especially with data. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because I happen, or at least in my monthly group, we're reading together Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And, you know, if you want to be on that fast track to be indispensable, it's really finding blind spots mm-hmm. to, to your leadership and then having the courage to speak up about it in a compassionate, authentic way. And so, you know, maybe that that reminder came just at the right time because you went back and make sure it didn't happen again. And, you know, when it really mattered. So if that is a golden gem of wisdom right there, be extra, extra prepared because data is indisputable. Yeah. And if you can look at that data and translate it into something that's valuable for someone else and come from a place of service for them, boy, oh boy, you are now incredibly invaluable as I'm sure you are. (laughs) Well, Facebook, right? We have posters everywhere. It says data wins arguments. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. Now you ask a question around mindset. And I think that is something that I would say if I were to coach my younger self, I would remind myself to continue the growth mindset. I think having moved from one country to another and having been open-minded to failure because I did many, many language failures (laughs) and many different, you know, situational, contextual, cultural failures. And I learned from them and I never uh, felt that I was less of a person as a result of my failures. So I applied that to business and I do have a framework, I would say a mindset that I shared recently with uh, our team internally. And one is to be self-aware to be intentional and to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. I would say the self-awareness part, I would coach more to my younger self to really pay attention to that. And that is, I would consider into three parts that feeds into the self-awareness. One is to reflect on both what are your strengths and the things that you're really passionate about. And as you're young, you're still discovering those things, but deep down, you probably know what you're naturally really good at doing or what you're learning to do that you really like to do. The second thing is feedback from others, is find people that you trust, whether it's family or people that you work with that will give you the unvarnished truth in terms of areas for improvement and how people perceive you. 
And those two together are extremely important around self-awareness, especially as uh, you want to grow and in your career path, you want to be always have those uh, check and balances points. And you want to focus on doing the work that you're passionate about and not waste your time. Like I did for a year doing marketing analysis, uh, you know, cranking out, you know, pivot tables when even though I love data, I really am not passionate about cranking it. <laughs> if I were to look at being intentional is around um, being purposeful and being goal oriented. So those are the two things that I would say it's important to have a purpose that that greater uh, goal. You know, what do you want people to talk about when you're dead? In a way, <laughs> what's your mission in this world? But also take it down to uh, work and have clear objectives. If we write these things down, it happens, right? Um, and you may not have uh, vision to the future, but goals can happen like week weekly goals. Um, to monthly goals, to yearly goals. And last is being adaptable. And especially I always say moments of crisis are catalysts for helping us adapt. And adapt really, it requires us to have um, an open and uh, open mindset around uh, being flexible to learning from others and empathy. Mm -hmm. In order to be adaptable, it's not just about yourself, it's working with other people and bringing others along. At the end, people don't succeed alone, they succeed because of, of people as well. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad you brought all of those things up. We're really, um, you're, you're preaching to the choir right now because a lot of what you're saying is in the Limitless Leader Roadmap, the course that we talked about, yeah. curriculum, but also, it's based on the last 40 years of human performance. And a lot of the things that you're talking about is really a way of bringing out the best in ourselves and our teams. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. If you don't mind, one thing that I will add to the yeah. awareness piece that is so important, if people want to take this away, is that when you're aware, create some distance. So in other words, rather mm -hmm. than I am nervous, I am fearful, I am this, like I'm noticing. So when you're going into a high-level meeting, I'm noticing that this is um, scary, Yeah, you know, rather than I am scared because then you can do what you said and take a step back and really think I'm noticing that I'm scared. Um, what do I learn from that? What is that being scared tell me to do? Okay, so then I need to, you know, review the numbers. I need to talk to this person. I need to get kind of weaponized. So um, you're right, being strategic rather than reactive and preparing, you are 100% when I love when I when I heard about the luminous leader uh, philosophy and how you work with executives, I felt and I think we, we talked about this, that this is a time. This is the time to really take advantage of those programs of the services because we have a responsibility to shift. Right. Especially in 2021, uh, we have a responsibility to bring new ways of doing business because we have nothing else to lose <laughs> to bring diversity to bring inclusivity uh especially when the data proves that it helps businesses be more profitable and more successful as well yeah no i agree 100 percent, and it's really been proven that the companies that don't do that are going to get left behind and also that not doing that what happens to the people Mm -hmm. you know, that there's a huge emotional tax for people that are not being empowered, that don't have a safe space. 
yeah. and it's costing hundreds of billions of dollars. That's the reality. So um, it's amazing. Like congratulations to you and to Facebook for really being um, on top of it. Now, uh, before we sign off, is there anything that you would like to leave everybody with? You've shared so much wisdom and knowledge, but um, anywhere, anything that you like them to do or places that you like them to check out or what have you? I do. So there's three books that I like to recommend that I've read in the, in the past, but one is uh, totally unrelated to business. It's more of a book that I heard um, from a podcast I listened to about the Comanche Indians, and it was written by a journalist. So it's called The Empire of the Sun and Moon, and it's about the last Comanche Indian and, and what was interesting is one, I learned a ton about Native Americans and their history and, and especially the different tribes and debunking a lot of the myths that exist today or in Hollywood about that cult, the culture. Second is uh, the incredible ability to adapt. This, in, the last chief of the Comanches then became an incredible partner to in that case, the the people in Texas or the people in, in in the state that they were settling in after, and the ability to go from warrior to successful entrepreneur in the white man's world, it's a, it's a lesson for all of us, I'd say, because he did it with empathy and bringing people along. So I really like that book. And it's a great story, by the way. Yeah. Um, the second one is probably one that many people know. It's called Liz Wiseman's Multipliers, How the Best Leaders Make Everyone Smarter. And the other one that I recently um, spoke about internally is around Crossing the Chasm. It's Jeffrey Moore, and it's a great book around the adoption model for technology. It's, it's a, a marketing 101 book I highly recommend for people to read. To read. So thanks for sharing that. I also want people to check out workplace.com. And there's so many amazing things that you are doing. Ursula Yavras, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to following your journey. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. And thank you uh, to the audience for listening. Yeah, thanks so much.